Let us begin. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Na'amaduhu wa nasalli ala rasulihi al-kareem. Amma ba'd. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. And we seek blessings upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. All right, welcome back, everybody. We are now on day five of our super exciting class, mashallah, mashallah, of our exploration to the Quran. Only four people have your cameras on, which is painful and disappointing. Hopefully more of you will turn your cameras on, inshallah. Okay, five, six, mashallah. Okay, uh, Nilo, for please focus on the road. Okay, so we've now looked at a couple of ayat, and now we're adding some of the big ones in our exploration of this first section of prominent ayat of the Quran. And anyone want to predict what today's ayah is? Don't see if you're here, you want to try to predict. Anyone want to predict? And today's ayah is Ayat al-Nur, the very famous Ayat al-Nur. Okay, so this is from Surat al-Nur, Ayah number 35, the subject of so much discussion that we will not be able to even barely scratch the surface of it, but hopefully we can have a fruitful discussion, inshallah. So, Allahu nuru samawati wal ard, mathalu nurihi kamatha kamishkat kamishkatin fiha misbah. So, Allah is the nur of the skies and the earth, and the likeness of his light is like a niche in a lamp. What is a niche in a lamp? Question to think about. Okay. And the misbah fi zujaja. So the lamp is inside a glass. A zujaja ka'annaha kaukab. So the glass is like a star. Okay. Brilliant. So, any initial reflections on Aytanur that most of you have heard about, thought about many, many times? Anyone? Nothing. Everyone is even more tired than, than usual. What does it mean that before we get into the latter part, when we start speaking about the tree and the oil, that Allah is the light of the heavens and earth? Try. I guess it's just a very daunting uh, verse to get into. Um, but God isn't, Allah is the nur or the light of the heavens and the earth um, on a very simple level means that uh, everything that exists manif is manifested um, or is testifying to uh, be having a creator. So anything that is uh, within the heavens and the earth means that it is of a created nature, um, that it is contingent, and that uh, existence in itself is a manifestation of uh, its creator or uh, Lord. Okay, so this is how we're reading Nur, that uh, everything is testified, uh, everything is, or Allah is the creator of everything. What do you That's think? how I'm reading it, yeah. Okay, nice. Well, Asim, 
Yeah, I mean, and, and this may be sort of a cultural understanding, but we see light as goodness, right? And, and sort of darkness is evil. And so essentially what this is saying, Allah is the light of the heavens and the earth. So like all of the goodness in the world, like Allah is all of the goodness in the world. And, and this is maybe a, a, like an overly sort of Sufi perspective, but like, you know, you know how they try, like Sufis try and see Allah in everything. So that sounds more like Jesuits, but keep going. Yeah, yeah, kind of. But I think Sufis have kind of a similar, similar idea. Okay. Um, and so I think that that this is that right, and and uh, light is sort of the the thing that sustains life. Right, we couldn't have life without the sun, okay. for example. And so the, I think that's also probably an element to it. Okay. All right. So we have that Allah is the creator of all. Allah is the good of all. Quran. So, uh, yeah. So it's it's a knowledge actually. So so the knowledge is like not like a knowledge as a knowledge. Knowledge uh, in a in a full context is the knowledge that is given to us. Okay. Uh, whether and 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 if we do not have that knowledge, how we will be able to comprehend that? Mm-hmm. Every anything, whether it mm-hmm. is a it is a revealed knowledge or whether it is a knowledge that we have been learning or you can say Adamic knowledge from, okay. uh, from Adam peace, um, Adam peace. Okay. So, so this is the core thing is that, uh, that's, I would say translate as the Allah is the light um, in terms of that we are able to recognize ourselves mm-hmm. and recognize the, his, his creation and uh, our efforts to recognize himself. Mm-hmm. That is one point that is in okay. my mind. All right. So we have uh, God is creator, all that is good, knowledge. Sarah Fadlallah. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. So, from the first part of the ayah, I feel like um, light is more, I see it as a little more like literally in the sense that like um, can, can you like, like at least when you're looking can you like look at the street you know? I, I like i am kind of so. <laughs> okay. okay but um light is how i view like uh like guidance like okay. when you do like when you are in darkness for example it's hard to know where you're going so i view it almost as like Allah like telling us that in dunya he is the is the guidance that okay. we not to minimize it because I think everybody brought up a lot of good points too, but that's just kind of how I view it. Sure, sure. Yeah, I don't I don't think anyone's minimizing any other any other views. Very nice. Uh Mila for your hand was raised. Yeah, it's okay. What I was gonna say it was already said pretty much by other people. Okay. Very good, Marshall. Yeah. Uh hunt. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum as um, you know, uh, you had mentioned uh, uh, before, you know, some of the you know definitions that you have been going through, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, such as Allah is the one that brings clarity. Mm-hmm. I think in this, you know, you know, dunya, I think humans naturally, or you know, at least humans who ponder naturally try to make you know sense of everything. Mm-hmm. So saying that Allah is the like light of the uh you know the heavens and the earth maybe allah is, 
is the one that provides you know you know clarity. So so I equate light to you know maybe clarity here. Okay. Anyone else? Okay. What if we don't try to give meaning to it? Then what are the consequences? Where we just take it as is without meaning or without meaning beyond what it says that Allah is the light of the heavens and earth. Then how do we understand this passage? Any thoughts? Do you mean literal, uh, like reading it literally, as in? Not necessarily literally. So not necessarily as in light, like this wonderful thing that is shining above me. Um, yeah. But just that whatever it is may mean something in the same way that we speak of alif lam mim. It is a thing. It is a passage uh, without us diving into its meaning. Meaning one point that I didn't mention is that among the Sahaba, the companions of the Prophet, peace be upon him, uh, Abdullah ibn al-Abbas was asked, what does Alif Lami mean? And he said, it means that I, Allah, am the best knower, or Allah knows all. And so here, uh, we have what we are reading as a metaphor. But I'm not suggesting that it's literal. But what if we also don't take it as a metaphor? Okay. Then, then what do we do if you don't? We have if these are words, you know. They, they have, uh, they are grammatically, linguistically arranged such that they impart meaning. Um, even in the broken letters, like you have uh, many other, um, I guess, um, thoughts on the fact that these are it's a verse, so it has to have meaning. Or other way to look to at meaning? it. What? Why Sorry. does it have to have meaning? Because um, a speaker, if if a speaker is speaking, uh, and in this case it's a divine speaker, okay, um, it, uh, it it's contradictory to say that something is speech if it does not mean anything. Okay, so what if this thing that we're calling meaning is an effect, as opposed to something that can be expressed in other words? So, for example, a uh, uh, question for Farah or anyone else, especially other Desis in the room, for every single Desi auntie and uncle, what is their favorite surah of the whole Quran? Surah Rahman. Surah Rahman, exactly. Okay. And what percentage of the Desis who love the recitation of Surah Rahman can understand it? Probably less than one person. Probably less than 1%, right? Uh, except everyone knows the translation of right? But that's not because of linguistic understanding. Why is this surah, the beloved, such a beloved of desis, that we might even make a correlation with the fact that so many desi names are on, 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 Arsalan, Rehan, Ruhan, Shaitan, and so forth and so on, right? You know, Mahan. Any thoughts? Maybe there's a poetic uh, 
element to that. Could be. This, um, it means if you if want to compare uh, with the Alif Lam meme, so right, means uh, we don't want to like, uh, like we just um, appreciate the apparent meaning of the, of, the, of the words or the translation or means in Arabic sense. So it's, it's a very poetic thing. It's a beautiful thing. Okay. So it could be, as Stephanie is saying, an aesthetic that Allah's beautiful and loves beauty. So very quick, very quickly, anyone who would like to share, what is your favorite ayah in the Quran? And tell us very briefly why. Anyone? I almost want to call on people, but I want to force people to talk. Quran, what's your favorite ayah of the Quran? Without thinking, just tell us first favorite ayah of the Quran. Up thinking, pass. Alfat, <laughs> uh, what's your favorite eye of the Quran? Um, lately, what's been uh, standing out to me the most is Salmon Khawlan Marabu Rahim in Surah Tassim. Oh, very nice. And can you tell us any reason why? Uh, I guess I've been reciting it a lot when I was in Egypt because I visited my grandparents' grave. Oh, and so the idea of wanting to be received by Allah and being told peace. Sam, as we're entering Jannah, inshallah, that's kind of really stood out to me. Okay, mashallah, thank you for sharing. Stephanie, anything? I have a favorite surah, but sure. I'm not sure about a favorite ayah. Favorite surah thought. is fine too. Uh, surah to Kaf. Okay, any particular reason? Um, I just find it intriguing and um, so many stories with uh, so many lessons for us. Like okay. Musa Salam and Kidar and the the cave. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Thank you for sharing. Quran, you got one without thinking. And you're saying this because you have to say something, or just that is your favorite ayah right now? Well, we recite it a lot actually. Okay, so you're just prayer. saying this because you have to say something. All right. Sarah, <laughs> what do you got? Fadlala. In the mal usri usra, okay, why hardship comes ease because that's like life, you know. Okay. <laughs> so it's a good one, okay. Sarah's like, I didn't get into University of Chicago, I got into Northwestern. <laughs> this is something I've been teasing them about here in her class about for about 15 years. Okay, Whatever, mashallah. it's the better school. <laughs> awesome. Um, mine is uh, Zalik al Kitabullah Reba Fihi. Okay, why? Um, it's mostly because I took a class with you a long time ago when you said... <laughs> For some reason, you keep coming back. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, when you said uh, one of your friends became Muslim because of this ayah, and since then, I've spent a lot of time reflecting on it, and it's probably the ayah I've spent the most time with for that reason. <laughs> Mashallah. Uh, let's see. Remsha says uh, in Surah 14, Surah Ibrahim, if you are grateful, Allah will give you more. Very nice, mashallah. And uh, uh, Alex Munjia, which, uh, who are you asking? What one is that? You just answered it for me. Okay. And then Awesome has 2-2. Two, two. And then I, saw, I thought there was someone else. Samia from Surah Ra'd. Uh, tell us which one's I-28, that Allah will not change the condition of a people, or which I is this? if you're able to speak or type. Oh, Nader, all about, all about success. Okay, very nice, mashallah. Oh, Samia, of course, I should have known this is on the doors of our Musella over here. 
Okay. I'm in class right now. Okay, very good. Uh Hunt. Dr. Ahunt, are you there? Assalamu alaikum. Um, you know, um, this is one of those things like, uh, you know, when I like uh, first like took uh, Shahada, you know, it was Surah Rahman and not because of the Desi thing. It's just because of, the, you know, I just like the, the like phonetics of mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and uh, but my favorite like ayahs and surahs keep changing. Is that normal? I mean, you know, of like, course. it's not like one. I mean, like the the standard you know thing to say is, oh, and we like all ayahs equally because they're all perfect, etc. Yeah, sure. But um, yeah, you know, it, you know, it keeps changing. But I guess my uh, my follow up. Uh, uh, okay, well, what's your favorite ayah? Right now, at this exact second, five forty-seven p.m. Chicago time. What's your favorite ayah? I like the first uh, few verses of uh, the Surah Taha. Oh, nice, mashallah. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. And then, but it felt like you were going to say something else before I really interrupted you. Yeah. Um, so, so I know like where this discussion is leading. Um, you know, you want to expound on the fact that where it says like Allah like is the light. Uh -huh. You say to like, you know, take it as in a, is like an as like an effect. So Maybe. essentially, what I'm saying is, our natural inclination is to read it either literally or metaphorically, and I'm adding other options, like what is the effect to me, to my heart that cannot be articulated, and that is something akin to why is a, a verse of uh, our favorite verse, because in some cases we might have a reason, in other cases it is because it is. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, you know, most people standing in, in Tarawi like don't know about 95% of what's was being recited, but uh, there, there there is a metaphysical effect that the Quran has that that we can't describe, and that is one of the signs that like it's divine. So is that the same way you you want us to take this first part of this ayah? As well? I would say yes, but I would use very different language. Like if we say that's a metaphysical effect, effect, that's a very big word to use. And to call that proof that it is divine, I think is also a big risk. Um, but nevertheless, that uh, there can be different moments in the text, in the source, in the scripture, in the recitation that can be meaningful for us. You know, so Olfat mentioned in terms of connection to, to the graves of her, of her grandparents, you know, Sarah Fadlova mentioned just in terms of the experience of life. And Rimsha is mentioning this ayah that she's constantly reciting. This is the prayer of uh, Musa, Alayhisalam, Surah Al-Qasas. Uh, Asma Al-Juhaini uh, is, is giving us a meaning for why the last ayah. My favorite ayah is right here. I don't know if you can all read it. Students ask me, what's your favorite ayah? Then they decide to paint it. As-sabiqun, as-sabiqun, al muqarrabun so the foremost of the foremost, the best of the best, which probably sounds like an ayah that I would like. These are the people who are the closest to, uh, to, to Allah. And why? Not necessarily because of the meaning, but something about asabiqun, asabiqun, just those two words repeated. I'm not able to explain to you why I like that combination. But it has appealed to me for over a decade. Uh -huh. Does it make sense?
he's probably doing surgery or something. Cupcakes, Danya. Well, it makes sense. Thanks. I'm glad you remember that. Um, Salam alaikum, first of well, all. Um, but I think it's kind of beautiful that we can take it to mean so many different things mm-hmm. and that it can mean so many different things to each one of us at different points in our lives too, because I feel like we could all sit and come up with a hundred different meanings of nur and how it's being used here. Um, and I think that's kind of special. Yeah, alhamdulillah. And they're all going to be positive too, right? I mean, it's not going to be like this blinding light where I can't see. Yeah. <laughs> Besides that one, I hear you there. They're, they really all are positive. Yeah, it's also real fun to figure out who are the students of Dr. Omar because they'll use word like metaphysical and theomorphically. Okay. Hey, Nether, how are you doing? Mashallah. So what would you say, how would you say this is similar to the how we view the face of God theomorphically? Can you translate that into English? for us theology professors who don't understand what you're trying to say. Yeah. While you're doing that, uh, a point is here that I'm connecting this to a comment we uh, many people made yesterday about how individually we have our own individual perceptions of Allah. And if we have our own individual perceptions of Allah, then it follows that we will have our individual reactions and reads of when Allah speaks about himself like Allah as light. The common element, again, is positive. Uh, Nather, and then Shayla. Yeah, I guess, um, I don't know, when you're speaking of uh, this kind of uh, inability to, to pin down um, what we mean by uh, God as being Nura Samawati wa I don't know. I'm not saying it's an inability. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but keep going. Well, you're saying that uh, okay, uh, I guess what I'm thinking of is that so you were saying that you can't that word that rather than seeing it as literal or metaphorical, um, there are other ways. Yeah, right. Like when we think of thinking of what the face of God means, that we don't see that literally, literally nor metaphorically. That we can use what we have in the worldly sphere, which is thinking of what a face is to understand the face of God. Okay. And likewise, that will um, contemplate the nature of what light is to give us some inkling of an understanding of what the light of God is. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to merge two points together. Something akin to what you're saying and something akin to what Farah is saying. Okay. Um, and then take this to be more to that. So part of, if I understood Farah's argument, is that, okay, these are words, these are meanings, right? And then we're deriving potentially meanings from them. Okay? I mean, if this is speech. And then you're making the point that, okay, when these are things that are being mentioned, in trying to understand them, we have our worldly references to help us to try to understand them. So Allah has a throne, okay? Uh, what it actually means, the term we use in is bila kaif, in the sense that, okay, how he has a throne, we don't understand, but he has a throne because the word is that he has a throne, Right. That he is light, how we don't know, but be like but it, he is light. Okay, so that's one aspect in the sense that, or let's make it even easier. The Quran speaks of fruits of paradise. And we even say then that, all right, one way to read this is that whatever your favorite fruit is in dunya, and again, for most of the daisies, it's mangoes, that you will have in the akhirah, the paradise version of mangoes. Okay. 
for me, it'd probably be a paradise version of an orange. But the point is the paradise version of an orange. And you're going to recognize this something akin, Pakistani mangoes, something akin to something you had in the earth, but now the paradise version. Okay. And then another way to read that is that when we were speaking of fruits in the Quran, we have an idea of fruits based on what we have in the earth. And then we try to imagine something beyond a paradise version of that, which would still be beyond our. And so we have our beyond our imagination. So we have our worldly references through which to try to understand that which is beyond this world. Okay. That's what you're talking about, right? And so when there's the mention of the face of Allah, we all have appreciation of faces okay, and what a face contains. And thus, that might give us a reference uh, in terms of what we think of in a face. And if you're from modern American thought, you're going to think of a face according to the construction of a face. Okay, as opposed to thinking of a face as the most beautiful aspect of somebody. Okay or the welcoming of somebody, right? Imagine you come to my house, I open the door and I show you the back of my head. Yeah. Yeah. That will feel abrasive and rude, as opposed to I open the door and I'm smiling and saying, welcome to my house, right? So the point is that we have our worldly references, which are also very culturally informed on how to try to imagine the other side. So we have one aspect, which is the words and what do they mean? We have our worldly references, but then I'm asking you to consider something different. When the companions received the Quran, they received recitation. They didn't receive, you know, Allah is the God, is the light of the heaven and the earth. They received Allahu Nuru Samawati Wal Ard. And so part of that experience was the auditory experience too. Even if hypothetically, it wasn't even words. Kaf I'd be curious how the Sahaba received those letters. And I'm saying it's something different than meaning, which would be literal or metaphorical interpretation. It's something not necessarily requiring a worldly reference. And so when I'm asking for the favorite ayahs, same thing, but I'm adding this element of the recitation, but then take it a step further. You're in a community of people who are receiving it. And so you're, imagine you're in a circle of people and you're registering everybody's expression too. That becomes part of the experience too. Or to really make things fun, imagine how the prophet is receiving it. Peace be upon him. If it's being not narrated to his ear, but it's being deposited within him, then it may not be that he is receiving words. He's receiving this dosage of divine revelation placed into him. And what is that doing to him? So I'm saying that's something even beyond these different examples. Shayla. Yeah, that was so beautiful to think, to try to imagine that, you know, it brings me to tears. We can so, come back um, Go ahead. Yeah, that's okay. Um, related to um, a point that was brought, you know, all of this brings beautiful, you know, feelings to us when we read it. Um, 
you know, this idea that, you know, like Allah is like this light, right? And so we're believers and we, you know, we, we, um, yeah. So we um, will welcome this light, right? When we see this truth and this light, mm-hmm. but the non-believers, those people who have rejected Allah in this world will see the same light, right? But it's going to be burning light and the truth is one. And so, you know, we read this and it's beautiful and Allah tells us, you know, this is beautiful. And, um, and so I just, you know, I understand that, you know, reality is one and whether you believe or not is going to um, shape how you, how you feel, or maybe, maybe this is even what is experienced as the hellfire is not really a, a separate place perhaps, but just the reality of Allah. And you'll feel it as a burning because this light is so intense and you haven't prepared yourself for it. You've rejected it. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I, how I see things. And I don't know if there's other ayahs that would, you know, kind of that support that or whether you can say, well, no, definitely the hellfire is a separate thing, but Mm -hmm. I kind of see, you know, reality as one, Mm -hmm. um, there's only one reality. to, To this latter part, I don't know that calling, hell separately uh, makes reality not one in the same way that you might have two different rooms in the same house. Right. Uh, but, you know, uh, I mean, anything that's in the realm of the unknown, or I should say in the unseen, like Allah, uh, the best we can do is, is to get into, you know, some amount of speculation, which is essentially what we're doing here. You know. Okay. So let's put this on hold then. And let's go to the next parts of the ayah. So whatever it is that Allah is in being the light of the heavens and the earth. Heavens and the earth, uh, any basic thoughts beyond the skies and the world or literally paradise and the world? That unless you have any thoughts, we're going to move past that to focus specifically on the structure that is being uh, defined his light okay. um, on the um, heavens and the earth um, Please, yeah. i've um, i like thinking about it as um form and meaning actually okay um so the physical shape or the earth are the earthly qualities like your own body and then your own rue um your consciousness yeah. is the heavenly side of you that looks towards so he- heavenly being I guess, uh, uh, referring to the divine okay. and being limitless and being uh, endless and also abstract, okay. whereas the earthly aspects are known and fixed and limited. Mm-hmm. So uh, thinking about, so, so how we were discussing around the, the, the letters, for example, so the literal letters are the form, but what they mean is sort of abstract and unknown. And I agree that they can't be articulated, but that doesn't mean they don't have meaning, but they may not be articulated. Yeah. Yeah. I like this form and meaning point. The likeness of his light is like a mishkat, a niche in a lamp. So describe what you're, what, uh, what you're all receiving when you're hearing this. It's more like a centerpiece core part okay. of uh, cre- creativity. Okay. 
Like right. he's a he's a he's a creator, all time creator. Okay. And he's continuously creating. Yeah. And and uh, and he's the core. Like it is not like literal. It is a metaphorical. Like he's a core of the creation, mm-hmm. and the creation is like expounding around, uh, like uh, you can say. Uh, as a, as a form of lamp is, is, is an example as a lamp, which is a creation and which is a limitless creation. Okay. Okay. That so comes cr- to in my mind. Okay. Other thoughts. Uh, let's see. Stephanie Mirza, a niche in which there is a lamp. Uh, neither lamp in niche sounds like his light is interwoven the fabric of reality. All right. You didn't use any big words this time. You know, the confluence of, okay. Anyway, Mahmoud. I guess it's emphasizing the fact that God is, is the source of guidance. Because okay. when we use a lantern, use it for walking in a dark path, and this is how you find your way. All right. So then the source of that light is uh, for guidance is, is Allah. All right. And then we have the lamp in a glass. So we have the light of Allah inside the niche, inside a lamp, inside a glass. And what does this conjure for all of you? This, the light inside a niche, inside a lamp, inside a glass. A hunt. It seems like more and more layers are being put on the, the light here. Okay. You know, you know, like not that like anything like you know can sustain like Allah's life, but uh like to me, like that's what I'm I'm getting. Like mm-hmm. like the light, like within the lamp, uh see within the glass and within the you know, it's uh it's getting deeper in there, more layers of being in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As though if we were to read this in reverse, then what do we have? That I'm looking at a glass. And when I get past the glass, then I get to this lamp. And when I get to this lamp, I get to this niche. And then when I get past the niche, I get to the light. So it seems to me like in reverse, it's however which way you view reality, if you break everything down, there's only Allah. Okay. Or the end result is Allah? Yes. Okay. Okay. So that's the second part. The first part is Allah's light, the heavens, the earth. The second is this niche inside the lamp, inside the glass. But then the likeness of this is like a shining star. Thoughts? Imagine yourself in 2020 hearing just that passage versus somebody in the Hijri year 13 or three, listening to the same passage. So someone in the generation of the prophet peace runner versus someone now. So, so Isa saying that knowing what stars actually look up, up close. So explain further, Isa. Sorry. Um, more like in cities, yeah, it is harder to see stars, but also like with like technology and stuff, 
with like NASA's telescopes, we can actually see like stars up close. Like when we're here on Earth, they seem like really small. Mm-hmm. Like we actually know like how like huge that stars are actually <laughs> colossal. Yeah, like yeah. how like huge they are, and can even see them like explode and stuff, which is mm-hmm. kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I just like watching things explode, Marshall. Okay, so so there is that colossal, uh, uh, almost impossible to fathom aspect of of the stars. Uh, Stephanie. So previously, I thought that the the lamp and the crystal um, gave the effect of magnifying the light. Okay. Um, but in thinking about it, the reverse like this, it's almost like the intensity is tremendous with the crystal. It's a, as bright as a shining star, but that is... Um, um, a few degrees still from the light itself. So, oh, to me, I'm I'm thinking that maybe that the intensity is even further with without the lamp and the crystal as mm-hmm. um, steps in between. That we may need these things. Uh, like, why do you have the glass, uh, prov- uh, perhaps to prevent me from getting burnt? That we may need these filters through which to try to understand what we are being told about or seeing here. In other words, the uh, the mishkat, the niche, if we take that hypothetically as a law, and then the lamp that is giving us the filter, the guidance to Allah is the prophet, peace be upon him. And then the glass is the Quran. One way it's read. So, so the point here in terms of the star is, yeah, for us, we have almost this, uh, I want to, don't want to call it scientific, but uh, Isa's words, close-up is a good way to put it, this close-up understanding of what a star is. Uh, whereas back then, as Whitney says, this bright, reliable source of direction, as well as a decoration in the sky, right? So we have the North Star, which is helping us find direction and such. And then also, depending upon what we see in terms of the stars in the sky, the moon, we also know when we are, not just where we are. <laughs> With this star is brilliantly shining and the fuel is going to make things even more interesting but that we will discuss inshallah tomorrow and your last thoughts questions reflections so i think this whole point about the fuel coming not from east and west just makes things even more fascinating Else. Um, do you see any connection between, uh, besides the fact that it's the same word, the but the mention of the nur here and uh, the mention of nur in the beginning of Surah Baqarah? I think um, so. One of the the uh, the overall issues in terms of the interpretation of the the passages in the Quran is when you have the same word, what is the consequence of giving it the same meaning? 
And, and so we have Nur in the example of the man kindling a fire and its light spreads all around, right? And we have, all, we have you know, um, the Nur in reference to what the Prophet, peace be upon him, is bringing. So Nur in particular is used multiple ways. And they're obviously all linked because it's the same word. Um, but I'm cautious against saying this use of this word in this sentence has the exact same meaning as this word in this sentence. Um, um, but part of that is because it allows us to expand, you know, all the different uh, ways something can mean something. Cool. Cupcakes. Kind of similarly on that um, train of thought, it's interesting that the um, the term that's used is kaukab and not najma or nujum. Mm -hmm. um, and I wonder if you have any reflection on that. Uh, at this moment, I don't, but let me think about it over the next 24 hours, inshallah. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely, inshallah. Likewise, um, uh, Basit is cheating the heart within the chest that we'll get to a little bit later on, inshallah. All righty. Any other thoughts, reflections before we depart? Hopefully everyone's Ramadans are going super fantastically, inshallah. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk Subhanakallahumma glory to you O Allah wa bihamdika praise and gratitude are to you Nashadu illa ilaha illa anta we bear witness there is no God but you Nastaghfiruka, we seek your forgiveness. And we turn to you. May Allah tell reward you all, inshallah, and we'll see you inshallah tomorrow. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.